0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Action Against Fox Hunting podcast. Uh, today, we are joined by our founder, Pip Donovan, and we have a very special guest here today, Jack McGill, who is the London and Essex contact and canine behaviourist. Uh, today's <laughs> episode is going to be an interesting one for you all. We are going to be focusing on hounds. But right from the top of the episode, we're not going to call them hunting hounds. We're going to call them dogs because that's what they are. So a very special welcome to our guests. Hi, Jack. How are you doing?
1: Hiya. Yeah. I'm fine. Thanks for having me.
0: No worries. Thank you for joining us. And hello, Pip. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Um, How are you? Very well. Thank you. Very well. So today we're going to be talking about those hunting dogs which are used by the hunts uh, all over the country and uh Jack so you are a canine behaviorist so you're going to be our expert today if that's okay so right. okay fine. Um, first up let's talk about how the hunts get their dogs their hunting dogs so as we know they go out hunting or trail hunting um it with those packs of dogs how how do they come about how do they get them
1: Uh, Well, they breed their own hounds, and uh, they breed them within the hunting environment, uh, but they also get hounds from other hunts, perhaps if they close down or if they've got an excess of hounds in another hunt. They deliberately overbreed in order to get the hounds they want, because they want the right colour and the right temperament. Okay.
0: Okay. And what do they do with the dogs that obviously they don't use them? So if you say they are overbred, what do they, I hear that they have very large litters as well. So you can get up to 12 um, dogs, hunting hounds born in one litter. So what do they do with the excess or the ones that don't live up to their high standards?
1: Well, a kennel man told a very close friend of mine that foxhounds, yeah, they indeed have large litters sometimes, perhaps even more than 12. Apparently, the huntsman inspects the litters and chooses the ones that he wants to keep, the ones he thinks that will be good. Uh, The others are killed, by usually by smashing their heads against the wall of the kennel. Wow.
0: And this is Um, when, how old at this
1: point? Well, I guess this would be around about eight weeks when they're going to be, they're being chosen to go to the kennel, uh, sorry, this is about eight weeks old when they are chosen to go to the puppy walking families, which is where they go at that age, uh, ready to get used to traffic and farm animals and so on.
0: Okay, So we're talking about puppies now, not even dogs. So right from the off, you've got puppies being chosen. How do, do you know how they make the decision of who graduates to be a hunting dog and who doesn't?
1: I can only guess they observe them and see perhaps if they think some of them look a little bit too subdued or showing no interest in certain things I wouldn't really know exactly what they look for but it must be something along those lines.
0: Wow do you think as a canine behaviorist do you think those um, temperaments are obvious enough at that age or is it a bit of a gamble here that they're just picking and choosing and killing puppies?
1: I would have thought it was a bit of a gamble because I don't think For example, guide dogs for the blind would be making decisions at such a young age. They'd at least let them develop a little bit and see how things go. Unless a puppy was, say, very very um, timid for some reason, Uh, or I suppose, I guess they've got to look physically up to it. If they have uh, any sort of small uh, physical deformities, then they're going they're going to go, aren't they? They're not going to keep them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. So can we ask you um, how how old are the dogs when they begin hunting and what's their journey like? Can you tell us the journey of a hunting dog from this age that we've just talked about? They say so they've made the cut. What happens to them next?
1: Be- because it's so secretive, I don't know in great detail, but I gather, as I say, they would go to a family and be puppy walked, as they call it, from about eight weeks old. And then they... They they're moved into the kennels and they believe they start hunting around about 18 months old and they start off by cup hunting or autumn hunting as the hound the uh, or autumn hunting as the hunts like to call it so uh that's that, at that point they go into hunt kennels as teenagers and this is something that's always bothered me because as a canine behaviourist, I know that environment is everything to dogs. It, they don't like change as a rule, dogs. And something as dramatic as going from a family home to a kennels must be a bit stressful for them, to say the least, or certainly a lot of them. Um, yeah. But that's always bothered me, that they're going from one completely different sort of love almost loving environment i suppose to the cold environment of a uh, kennels and you definitely notice uh in in the field the difference between the dogs that are used for cup hunting and the hardened foxhounds yeah. because they come up to sabs they they make a fuss i know they do that you often see uh photos on social media of, of that happening it happens all the time yeah. but But much more in cub hunting season, where they're used to having a fuss from humans and so on, it kind of brings it home the the big difference between the puppy walking part of their life, and then when they go into the kennels and are starting being taught to kill.
0: How many dogs are in the kennels?
1: Do you know? Well, they they'll remain in the kennels until they're considered no longer capable of working, which would usually be a maximum of six to eight years, and at that point, they're shot. Uh, their hound, the hunts replace about a third of their hounds every year from their own breeding. Uh, the Countryside Alliance, uh, who uh, support the hunts, they say that around 3,000 3, are killed a year. Protect the Wild, the anti-hunting groups, reckon it's nearer 7,000 a year. And um, the Beaufort hunt was secretly filmed in 2021, shooting two hounds uh, in the head, uh, more than once to kill them. Uh, it was all captured on video. Um, so this makes me think, actually going back, that the kennel man's words about killing the, the puppies are quite likely true. Because if they're capable of this sort of callous treatment of the hunts when, that this callous treatment of the hounds when they've finished their useful work in life i can imagine that they could be equally as as hard and horrible to the puppies so it does all seem to sort of fit together although it's again it's very hard to prove a lot of this because they are so secretive why why are yeah. they so secretive makes you wonder yeah oh, so
0: we're yeah. talking about this journey this um Quite a horrible journey that you've just described for these um, puppies into dogs. They go into these kennels. Are there a lot of other dogs in the kennels? Is this You said there's a very big change in the environment from a house to the kennels. Um, how many other dogs are they surrounded by in that
1: kennel? I can't say myself for sure, but I would, I would imagine there's a good 30, 60, probably even more wow. in each each communal Kennel because they're all in together, all in in, in the one sort of multi environment kennel. They they're fed on fallen stock as well, raw. So this is uh, dead dead cows or sheep or other animals that the the hunts collected from farmers. Farmers will often allow hunts on their land in in return for the hunt picking up this dead things from their fields. Uh, they they're fed it as I say raw. It's not treated. I mean, raw dog food has to be covered. uh, Sorry, raw dog food has to meet strict DEFRA guidelines. These are just dead animals picked up from the field, could have anything wrong with them, and then they're fed to the hounds. And it's been proven that hounds can pick up diseases from this, including bovine TV and. toxoplasmosis and then of course the hounds go out and poo in fields where crops are grown for human consumption or livestock graze so it's all a bit worrying
0: yeah that's very interesting actually so they're fed on all sorts of things that could actually have a contamination that spreads throughout the you know food system right up to us as well
1: yes indeed and that. yeah and it makes me like la- makes me laugh so it makes me laugh but the fuss they make about badgers but they're, they're quite happy to risk the hounds spreading this. Uh, a huge number of yeah. the Kimberwick hounds were, had to be destroyed a few years back because of this, because they were they're all found to be uh, carrying bovine TB. So it does happen. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Um, I should also pick up, just for viewers, uh... Or listeners, I should say, um, who are listening? You said the the how the dogs, the puppies, they are trained in cub hunting or autumn season. So cub hunting, just for anyone else at home, can you give us a brief explanation? Uh, fox cub hunting. What what's going on here?
1: Well, they take the young dogs out. I should call them dogs all the time. They take the young dogs yeah. out with some of the older ones, and they go very early in the morning or sometimes very late in the evening when they know that fox cubs are likely to be wandering about. This would be around about the time in the autumn when they're starting to leave their parents and to, to get a little bit more independent and wander about a bit, uh, the foxes that is. Um, so they the hunt will surround a wood usually where they know that there are fox cubs in there or very likely to be in there. And they stand, what's called stand on point, around the wood, basically waiting to frighten back any fox cubs that might escape. They send in the hounds then to look for them. Uh, Sometimes the riders will be slapping their their saddles, making a noise. Um, The huntsman will be making noises to encourage the hounds on. It's really quite obvious what they're doing when you hear them. And this is... They're particularly secretive about this because it's so obvious what they're doing. It's so obvious that there's no trail involved. And fortunately, more and more monitors and subs are calling the police and trying to get them out when this happens. Because it's a little bit easier for the police to see what's really going on. But it is just absolutely horrific that they're specifically targeting the, the babies, this year's babies.
0: There's essentially we've got huntsmen encouraging puppies to hunt baby foxes yes so so we've got, teenage
1: dogs yeah, yeah teenage dogs really but yes yeah. and and they're and, and yeah. they say they put them alongside the more experienced hounds and they're teaching them to kill that's what it's specifically about
0: with tiny smaller baby targets so that it's easier yes um, to, to do it. wow okay Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew this is going to be quite a tough episode. Okay, so um we've talked about the the journey of um the dogs. Um, and a little bit about their living conditions, about what they're being eaten. So can I ask you about what challenges and difficulties do these dogs face throughout their lifetime of hunting? Um so you said uh you know, if they are sick, they're likely to get shots, so there's no chance of vets or anything like that.
1: Well, it's believed that they very rarely see vets again the secrecy is difficult to to get through but you you yeah. never see them saying oh we got the vet in to do this or that I mean if they were doing it you think that they would make it a little bit more obvious on on their own social media um they don't care about the dogs it they they, they just follow tradition um, and tradition yeah. is to to treat them like things really um okay. there was a a channel four item a week or two ago concerning stag hunting which showed a hound collapsing on a very hot day during a stag hunt and being carted off by a huntsman. A vet came on the news article and commented saying that it was obvious that that dog needed urgent treatment but it was just being carried off. It's very unlikely that, that the hound did get treatment because again there was no come back from the hunt on that uh we think the was dead when it was carried off quite lightly, it, it didn't didn't really look alive but who knows or close to death so it's yeah. just they're just things they're just things to them
0: are these um so you said this one was in the channel 4 news are is the welfare of these dogs um picked up by or, or noticed by the public or the police on any occasion at all um I've I've noticed that in the news you do get things where uh, dogs are hit, they they're hit by cars or anything like that. Is there attention drawn to these circumstances or incidents?
1: Oh well, certainly there's plenty of pictorial and video evidence taken by SABS of them being hurt on barbed wire fences and being cut. Also, pictures of dead hounds on roads dead hounds on mm. railways. I know uh, uh, in Dis in Norfolk last year, or I think it might have been earlier this year, a huge number of uh, hounds from a from a harrier hunt got on the railway line and the, the railway, the, the, the train driver reported several bangs and bangs and bangs and crashes, but very few bodies were found because the hunt, kennels was pretty close and it's it's widely thought that they they zoomed out there and picked up as many bodies as they could Um, that was actually just hound exercise but that shows how little control they have over the dogs but obviously because they are fox hunting or hare hunting and not following a, a trail then they'll go wherever the fox goes so you get all these videos of them tearing across roads or lying dead on roads and I think yeah. drones are really helping re- reveal that more and more. Uh, so it, it just—it's all just absolute nonsense, really. And and what the poor things go through is ridiculous. So
0: as a canine behaviourist, if we talk about welfare and cruelty, how bad is the welfare and cruelty in regards to hunting dogs?
1: Well, it, its just—it's just not acceptable in the twenty first century that these animals are being not given veterinary care, being shot in the head when they're so young, suffer, suffering these lifestyle changes at a young age. I think that's the main thing. I, I do think, I wouldn't say that they they appear massively unhappy in the field because they're doing what they've been trained to do and they're being allowed out for a, for a run, having been shut in the kennel for hours and hours on end. But the... So I think people sometimes get conned into thinking that they're happy, waggy dogs, but what's going on in the background just isn't acceptable. It's the time that this traditional way of keeping them uh, finally came to an end.
0: Yeah. I hope that if this is, you know, if this information can be spread, you know, people that are dog lovers, because there are so many out there, can recognize that this isn't a good way to, to treat a dog. Uh, Which brings me on to my next question. What would happen if hounds, you know, what would happen to the hounds if hunting was completely banned and the law upheld? Um, What what would happen to all of those dogs then? Or, Or can they be rehomed? What do you think are the answers for these dogs?
1: Well, again, traditionally, they've never been rehomed by the hunts. And so if they could get away with it, I'm sure they would shoot them all in the head. But I don't actually see... Why large numbers of them couldn't be rehomed? Uh, and also, it's obvious that, that hunting's coming to an end. So, why don't they stop breeding them? It, th- 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 that's one way of looking at it. Uh, the other is, I, yeah. I put, generally speaking, I say they're not available for rehoming, but I did know personally of one foxhound, and he was a lovely dog. And he was rehomed. He lived with cats, he used to snuggle up with them on the sofa. Um, he had no problems with walking around the streets. He lived in an in urban environment. He was fine with the urban foxes. He used to play bow to them, asking them for a game. Um, but he, the one thing he did arrive with was a, a, a big fear of men, and particularly men that smelt of alcohol. So people can draw their own conclusions from that. So I know personally that foxhounds can be rehomed to a family environment. Another thing is, why can't foxhounds be rehomed when the bloodhounds from drag hunting uh, hunts are regularly rehomed? Also, greyhounds, they're also highly prey-driven dogs, and they make good family pets. I suspect it's partly because traditionally they've always been shot and not rehomed, but also because the hunts are uncomfortable about the fact that they've been definitely trained to kill not to trail hunt, as they say. They know damn well they've been trained to kill. So possibly they don't bother because of that. But if hunting did come to an end, it, it doesn't... And they are all shot without question. And that's down to the hunts. That's what the hunts chose to do. And to be put it bluntly, really, those dogs will only live to six to eight years old anyway. And a lot of them would have been killed within the next year. Also, so so it's a, it's a it's a feeble argument from the hunts
0: yeah so let's just get this clear for listeners out there these dogs aren't actually violent dogs they are trained to be violent and can be rehomed to you know be be happy and, and tame is that is that right
1: well I would think that would most of them it would be fine each dogs are individual they possibly have to be always kept on a lead But I don't really see a huge difference between them and greyhounds if they're managed in the same way. And they're definitely very friendly dogs. Uh, They are always, as I say, come up to sabs in the field, especially when they're young. There's never been issues of them, although there should be far more control and management at hunt parade events, uh, especially because of the prospect of them carrying diseases. In fairness, there's never any question of them hurting or harming humans there. They're just not that way inclined. They're quite gentle dogs.
0: Yeah. So I'll finish off with um, a question I I have, really, um, and hopefully matches uh, people listening. So if the answer is to rehome or simply to stop breeding um, the dogs, can I ask you, is, is their life worth living right now or is it better that they are just not bred at all from everything that you learn and know and and can infer is going on with these hunting dogs is it a life that a dog should lead uh, should lead or should they not have been bred in the first place
1: well i'd obviously rather see that they weren't bred in the first place and wouldn't have to risk having their heads smashed against the kennel wall being taken from family homes into a hunt environment and then being shot when they're relatively young. So there's no way that anybody yeah. who who likes and loves dogs is going to say that that's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for talking to us today, Jack. I can see Pip, what's up. Did you want to add something, Pip?
1: I do. I was just going to say that recently in Somerset, or about a year ago in Somerset, um, uh, a SAB group filmed a huntsman beating a hound um, with a stick. Um, the RSPCA investigated. We, we can't find out what happened with that yet because the RSPCA won't tell us. <clears throat> so it's not just the way they're, they're treated in the kennels. It's also the way they're treated outside. Um, that hound must have done something it shouldn't have done. Um, and it was getting a thorough beating with a stick um so that's part of their life that they one of the reasons that they do obey people is because they're terrified of some people um you just have to look at them and you can see they're cowering we saw a few cowering um at the Gillingham and Shaftesbury show a couple of weeks ago right yeah frightened of the people that that fits in with the dog that I know and the fact that he was a friendly dog but he arrived terrified of men
0: yeah Yeah. it fits in Oh, well, I hope this episode um, has hopefully informed people and dog lovers as well that this isn't just cruelty in regard to foxes and the, the hunts killing foxes, um, but actually to think about how the dogs live their lives as well and the cruelty that's involved there. Um, if you would like more information or if you would like to get involved with AAF, please get in contact. Um, so if you are in london essex jack you just heard today she is your contact all details are on the website Um, all of that is available in the show notes Um, and there are different uh, communities of aef all across the country so if you think i'm not near london essex it doesn't matter there will be someone near you so please check it out and go online um thank you so much for joining us today um i hope you both have a lovely day and please stay stay ready and alert for the next episode which will also be coming your way so subscribe if you can thank you so much for listening
1: thank you and i'll be listening to the next one thank you
0: thank you Take thank you care. thanks